today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Boris Johnson, now the UK Prime Minister. He has defeated his opponent, Jeremy Hunt. No uh, surprise there. Hundred, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, what does this spell for Brexit? And what can Boris Johnson do that Theresa May couldn't? Let's bring in Stephen Fielding, professor of the University of Nottingham, expert on British politics and political history, and is with us now. Stephen, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. That's fine. That's, uh, happy to help. So, first of all, what is the reaction in the UK on this? Surprise? They can't be, no? No great surprise at all. We've been waiting for this for quite some time, because we all knew once Boris Johnson had got through as one of the two candidates that the MPs had selected, um, that the, the, the members, 160,000 members of the party, most of them would vote for him. We knew that, and they did. About two-thirds of them did. What can Boris Johnson do that Theresa May couldn't? <laughs> well, he can't, he can't change the, the arithmetic in the House of Commons, which, which thwarted Theresa May. Um, what he says that he will do is that he will convince Brussels, the European Union, that unless they change their tune, Britain will for a no deal uh, Brexit. And he thinks that that will scare Brussels um, into into becoming more flexible, particularly on uh, the Northern Ireland backstop, because his argument has been that they didn't take Theresa May seriously, um, because she didn't. If she did threaten a No Deal, they didn't think she meant it, and so that's his one kind of trick, really. Um, whether it works or not, many people think it won't. Um, can he get more out of the European Union? I mean, well, and, and again, didn't Theresa May already try this? Well, this is it. This is it. Um, I mean, the European Union has been quite clear. There's all the people who have got responsibility for, 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 for the negotiations have said that this is the deal. It will not change. Um, but Boris Johnson has been insistent throughout his campaign to become leader that if he goes with the threat of a no deal, they will say, well, OK, we believe you. We didn't believe Theresa May. And we know that a no deal will harm us. It will harm Britain, but it will also harm us. And therefore, we will become more flexible. That is the one kind of negotiating tactic which he appears to have. It's the only thing he's been talking about um, up until the point of being elected leader. Why would their perception of Boris Johnson be any different than that of Theresa May, especially with the same party? Well, this is, this is, this is the question. Um, I mean, many people have Many commentators are thinking this is he's been living in a fantasy. He's been in order to get elected as a leader of the Conservative Party, he had to appeal to Conservative members, many of whom are quite happy to have a no deal. They're very they're kind of Brexit militants in the Conservative Party membership. So in order to get elected, he had to he had to sound as tough uh, as, as possible. Um, and also there is a threat to the Conservative Party from the Brexit Party, which has taken a, a significant number of votes away from the Conservatives in, in, the, in the last round of local and European elections. So people think that, some people say that he's saying this because he has to. Um, but he, the question is, does he mean it? And nobody really knows. I mean, Boris Johnson is, is a very, he's a very public figure, but he's also a very enigmatic, enigmatic figure. There are many Boris Johnsons, and nobody is quite sure which one will fetch up um, when he's into Downing Street. Uh, what happens if uh, the UK leaves with no deal? Who, who, who suffers more with that, the European Union or the UK? 
Well, um, Ireland is, 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 sadly, Ireland um, is the country that suffers the most um, because most of Ireland's trade is with the United Kingdom. Um, and then the United Kingdom suffers after Ireland. And the European Union, I mean, countries like Germany, France, those, those that have kind of lots of, there's lots of um, kind of car manufacturing components that, that go between all the various countries in the European Union and Britain's part of that supply chain. So there will be some disruption and there will be the European Union will be hurt, but Britain will be hurt the most. But as I say, Ireland will be hurt of all of the countries in, in this whole sorry mess. Ireland will be the one that will suffer. It, if um, if Ireland, Northern Ireland had not agreed to stay in the union, how would this have changed things if the UK had voted to stay together? Um, I don't, well, I mean, the would that have changed is, anything? Sorry. Would that have changed anything with the negotiation if uh, if they were on side? Well, the, the problem is that there is this Good Friday Agreement. This is this is this is the big sticking point, yeah, really. Yeah. The Good Friday Agreement, which which brought peace to Northern Ireland, and you know we don't need to rehearse all the terrible things that happened in Northern Ireland from from the mm. late nineteen sixties and all the death and destruction, the terrorism. It was finally brought to an end with the Good Friday Agreement, which which basically stipulated there had to be an open border between the two countries. And of course, that was fine with Britain and, and Ireland being in the EU. There was an open border anyway. So nobody anticipated the yeah. border's status changing. Hmm. So um, where, where, if Boris Johnson uh, does not scare the EU into a better package for the UK, where does that leave the UK? Are they out without a deal? Well, that, that, that is it, yes. Um, this, this is the only conclusion that could be drawn. And um, what would the plan be, how, how would the plan be living outside of a deal? Well, um, I mean, you know, Britain will be able to survive um, outside of the European Union without a deal, um, but there will be a lot of disruption, a considerable amount of disruption as supply chains are broken, and... Um, Kind of because there will be no agreement. There will be literally no agreement as to how goods and services can be transferred between the two countries, between Britain and and the rest of the EU. Now, eventually, at some point, some emergency measures and agreements will be agreed, mm-hmm. transitional. But 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 nonetheless, there will be a significant amount of disruption. Some people calculate that this will have a significant effect on the British economy. It might enter a recession at least for a time. It will certainly have a, a, a very bad effect on the Irish economy. Um, so. A lots and lots of disruption in the short to medium term. Um, uh, how are citizens reacting to this to these results today? Well, like I said, sorry, I think we we all expected Boris Johnson to be to become the leader of the Conservative Party and and to become tomorrow the Prime Minister. Um, he's not. He's, he's quite a divisive figure because the issue on which he has defined himself so far, you know, that he's prepared for a No Deal. Uh, Brexit, that he's very firm in terms of the conditions uh, that, that, that he's setting. Um, I mean, Britain is a very divided. It's very divided on this issue. I mean, it's it. it the polls suggest you know it can go one way or the other. But um, on this issue, he is on one side, and therefore those that wish to remain, um, which is you know sometimes it's fifty percent, sometimes over, sometimes just under. They, they, are, they do not care for Boris Johnson. And he, said, he has set himself this task of uniting the country. And he's not taken a consensual position. Let's put it that way.
How long before a general, another general election? Well, that's, that's another question that nobody, nobody really has an answer to because um, Johnson isn't really in control of the situation because the Conservative Party doesn't have a majority in the House of Commons. It, it, it only has a majority courtesy of an arrangement with the, um, the, the Ulster Unionists, which, of course, complicates the position with the Northern Ireland backstop. doesn't give them much flexibility on that. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it could happen. I mean, he could declare. I mean, some people think it's in his own best interest to call an election as soon as possible before he gets rejection that he inevitably will get that many people think he'll You know, get. that's a very valid point. Why ride this ship all the way down? Why not try to change course midstream, or, or at least at, at this point, and uh, and then see what ends up floating at the end? Would that not be... Do you, do you expect that will happen, Stephen? Well, well, the situation is so fluid, it's so uncertain, there are so many variables that he might as well, frankly, um, call an election and say, and say, I need your votes to get the strong a Brexit deal as I possibly can. The more you vote for me, the more able I'm able to do this. But the problem for him is that that is exactly what Theresa May said in 2017, and she didn't do very well. Hmm. Good point. Uh, could this end up in another referendum as part of a, an election <clears throat> campaign? Well, that's that's something that could. That's something. That, that's one of the many many possibilities that could happen. Boris Johnson himself is very against having a second referendum. I mean, talk about it's a betrayal of democracy because we should, Britain should, should honour the referendum that was held in 2016. But, but many other people, um, and there may be, not, there isn't a majority in the House of Commons for it as yet, but there might be um, a possibility of a second referendum. Are you there, Stephen? Yeah. Okay, sorry, you cut out there for a bit. It just seems that, you know, uh, despite who the Prime Minister is, there's, there's a stalemate here. This thing has come to a grinding halt. Does it seem that perhaps, as, as weird as it is, that, oh, we've lost him, we've lost, <laughs> we lost him, he's gone. Ah, kind of like talking to my kids. I'm yapping away, I'm yapping away, and it's, are you here? Oh, my goodness, no, they're out the front playing. Uh, my point was going to be to, to uh, Stephen, and we'll try to get him back on for the uh, few remaining moments, is that, you know, whether it's Theresa May, there's just, so many, uh, there's just so many obstacles in the way it just appears. Oh, you got him. Okay, cool. We're right here. Hang on. Uh, are you there, Stephen? I am here, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, considering the stalemate, that the country is in with this. I mean, mm. it, it just appears there is no way out at this point. Is it, will it take another referendum to shake something loose? Well, um, this is why maybe an election is one of the more likeliest of, of, of outcomes in the short term, because while, while the House of Commons has the number of MPs from different parties as it does, there is no way really that anything is going to get through the house of commons so <clears throat> boris johnson's one one chance maybe is to call this election that i've kind of maybe referred to and say i need your votes and and then to get enough conservative mps um returned to deliver the brexit that he wants or to get a no deal through or to whatever he wants to do to give him the power as things stand there is it is it is a standoff i mean it's a standoff between the british government and the EU, and um, there's a standoff between the British government and the House of Commons. And just because somebody else is in number 10, 
I mean, maybe Boris Johnson believes he can magically transform the situation. Like, like he said, you know, Winston Churchill, one of his heroes, he said, you know, he, he changed the situation um, that Britain was facing in 1940 and turned defeat into victory. Um, maybe he can do that. I mean, not many people think he can, but not many people thought Winston Churchill could. Hmm. So unless there's something magical, the structural situation he, he is faced by is exactly the same as that faced by Theresa May. And there's no reason to believe he can really get a different result. What does the EU want at this point? I mean, obviously, I, I, I think they just want, I'm sure they just want peace in the valley. But at the end of the day, do, do, do they want them to stay? Do they want them to go? Have they just had enough of the whole thing? Well, I think, I think you know, I think the French uh, in particular uh, would just want Britain to go and they don't really care how. I mean, at, at, at the most extreme. But I think overall, um, the EU, many, there's many, many countries in the EU would like Britain to stay, particularly the smaller countries, because Britain actually yeah. is much more sceptical about federal federalism and is, you know, is maybe a counterweight to Germany and France. There's, there's many countries, and Germany itself, um, I mean, Angela Merkel has said she wants Britain to stay. So in an ideal situation, they'd love, they'd love the British just to go, hang on a minute, we'll forget all about it. But, but if that's not possible, they want a deal. They, they want Britain to leave with a deal, with it, so, so that the transition from Britain leaving the EU to having a new kind of relationship uh, with the EU, which is still yet to be negotiated, by the way, um, they, they want as smooth an exit as possible. So, so maybe Boris Johnson and those of his mind are right that if they bang the table and threaten and say, we are really going to go with a no deal unless you give us what we want, there's an outside chance maybe they'll say, well, OK, then, for the greater good of everything. But they haven't said they're going to do that. But then you don't say that in negotiations, do you? So that's what he's banking on. That's the big gamble that Boris Johnson has got, which is, you know what, if I go in and I shout enough and I say no deal enough times, I'll back down. Will we know, will this be any more clear in a week, two no. weeks, <laughs> three weeks? Will at least we know which direction it's going in? Well, he will, he will presumably um, assemble a team um, of, I mean, you have to have his own Brexit ministers, because a lot of um, senior cabinet ministers are, are, are in the process of resigning because they completely completely disagree with even putting no deal on the table so he's got to assemble a, a coherent cabinet um and then yes at some point i mean he'll have to go to brussels or send or send his brexit secretary and there has there will have to be a meeting and so at least the eu can confirm that they're not going to change um the deal uh, or or that maybe things can start to change um but i think it does have to happen quite soon um, whether it can do, he, he could get things together in a week or two weeks, maybe that's a bit quick. But it does have to happen soon because 31st of October isn't that far away. And, and the, the deal that's, all, that's on the table took two years or more to, to negotiate. Now, we're not saying they, they want to negotiate every single aspect of it, but certainly the backstop, mm. the position of Northern Ireland and, and the Republic of Ireland, that has to be something that is, is dealt with. And, and as things stand, it's it's an intractable issue, intractable issue. Um, but maybe magic. Boris Johnson can wave his his wand and magic will happen. But um, we'll know that certainly by the end of the summer. Stephen Fielding has been with us, professor at the University of Nottingham, expert on British politics and political history. Stephen, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. My pleasure. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on nine hundred CHML.